Hi, I'm John Marr, and I'm here today with Brett Rajensky, General Manager of NETR, Inc., an HVAC company in Massachusetts. And today we're talking about whole home electrification. Welcome, Brett. Hey, I appreciate it, John. Thank you for having me. Sure. And our special guest today is Dan Barrett, the Chief Operating Officer at Gridley Home Energy. Welcome, Dan. Hi. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, Dan, why don't we start with you, and you can just tell us a little bit about, you know, what do we mean by whole home electrification? What is that? Sure. Yeah. So, when we talk about whole home electrification, really what we mean is um, removing all of those fossil fuel uh, burning systems from your house and replacing them with uh, clean, efficient electric systems, and then um, uh, powering those systems with a renewable source of electricity. So that's uh, if you've got a gas burning furnace or an oil burning furnace in your house, swapping that out for an electric heat pump system. If you've got a, a gas burning hot water heater, um, swapping that out for um, uh, electric heat pump water heater. Go into the why a, a little bit here. You know, I, I when I grew up, we had uh, oil furnace, and then you know late later on, we had gas. Uh, I think a lot of people do, and they probably may, might not even be thinking about you know heating and cooling their home with with just electricity. Uh, you know, what's what's the why here? Why would somebody want to go ahead and, and make their entire home run off of, of electricity? Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, when we talk about that, we like to use the term green 2x, you know, some, so that's you maybe you want to save some money. So that's, you know, one form of green or maybe you um, want to um, make an impact on on climate and the environment. And so that's the other green. Um, and no matter how you slice it, using less energy um, is probably going to save you some money. Um, and so if you think about heating and cooling your house, that accounts for probably about 50% of, of the energy consumption at your house. Um, hot water is another 20%. So 70% of the energy that, that you're using at your house comes from just those two main systems. If you think about a combustion system, the really good ones are rated something at like a 90 plus percent efficiency rating. So what that means is 90% of the energy that uh, it's con consuming, 92, 93% of the energy that, that system's consuming um, is converted to heat or, or energy um, in your house. Compare that to a heat pump, which is three or as much as 400% efficient. So what that means is it's producing uh, three or four times as much um, energy as what it's consuming to, um, to provide that heat. And really what that means is uh, for a heat pump, it's just using electricity to move the heat from outside um, and convert it to usable heat in the house, as opposed to those combustion systems, which are actually creating the heat. So that's why it's so much more efficient okay. um, from a um, from a sort of a environmental impact point of view. Um, a, a family of four um, using a, a gas hot water heater. That's probably contributing about two tons of CO2 to the environment. For a, a typical um, gas furnace, that could be as much as uh, 12,000 or more pounds of CO2 or what, let's see, six tons, right? And, you know, oil is, of course, the worst. And it's about twice, twice that, you know, 24,000 pounds of CO2 every year for just the typical uh, oil burning furnace. So a lot of room for improvement with that. Again, if you switch to an electric system, 
and you power it um, with a renewable source of electricity, that CO2 contribution goes down to zero. Okay. Brett, what's your take on, on this? Do you, do you get calls from customers all the time saying, hey, I, I, I just, I'm just dying to you know, go all electric I, and I want to you know, get rid of my oil or, or gas? Uh, or is this something that you sort of have to teach to, to your customers and say, hey, have you ever thought of going all electric and, you know, and getting rid of that old uh, furnace that you have? What's, uh, you know, which one is it? Are people really aware and they, they're, they're just dying to go all electric? Or Sure. You know what? Um, I guess what I would say to that is that's probably transformed itself over time and is continuing to do so. You know, a few years ago, it was uncommon for someone to think of heating and cooling their whole home using a, a heat pump. And and Dan brought up a great point that most people don't understand on that efficiency. You know, you think about a 95% efficient gas furnace, you go, wow, that's great. You know, for every dollar I put in that thing, five cents goes up the chimney, the other 95 cents goes in. Well, you know, and, and then you start thinking about heat pumps and you're, uh, to your point, three, 400% efficient, you know, so for mm-hmm. every dollar you put in it, it's giving you four back sort of in a weird way, you know? Um, so uh, several years ago, that just wasn't uh, something that was on most people's radar. Um, also, heat pumps have evolved over time. There were a lot of paradigms out there about, you know, that they couldn't heat her in low temperatures. So here in New England, a lot of folks were like, oh, well, that's great if you live in South Carolina, but it won't work here. And that's not true. It's, you know, the truth is cold climate heat pumps can easily handle our environment here. So I guess what I'd tell you is over time, we've gone from seeing very few people wanting to go to that all electric to a lot of demand. And certainly um, there's a lot of really impressive incentivization out there right now. So Mass Save, as an example, on their whole home rebate, which is exactly that removing uh, or disabling your fossil fuel system, you know, is offering rebates up to $10,000. So there's a lot that's helped peak a lot of interest as well. So, um, so it's changed over time, but it's, it's very popular now. And, and what we like to do is have the opportunity to sit with people who want to know more about that. They go, wow, that sounds interesting, but I don't totally get it. You know, that's what our comfort consultants do and where they really separate themselves from everyone else is, is that education piece. So that's, you know, we, we, we want people to make the right decision for them and to be educated consumers. Right, absolutely. So what are some of the common barriers or challenges that homeowners face when they're transitioning to whole home electrification? And how can people overcome those barriers? Sure. Yeah, I think like most questions in life, the answer is almost always money, right? So um, oftentimes homeowners look at the overall aggregate kind of upfront cost for doing this whole home conversion and it's it maybe is potentially overwhelming. But in most cases, when you crunch the numbers, you can actually get to a point where um, financially it actually makes a lot of sense. And so Brent touched on the, um, the mass save incentives. Um, those are a tremendous tool for, for cutting the cost. So um, $10,000 um, off of that heating system brings it down quite a bit. And then uh, the balance of that can be financed through what's called a um, a 0% heat loan. And so you can finance up to $50,000 for as as long as seven years. And so um, you finance uh, uh, your heating system, your hot water heater with a 0% heat loan. Um, You then look at the, uh, if you're going with solar to power those systems, there's tremendous incentives now at the federal level with a 30% um, tax credit. So you can lop off 30% right off of the, off of the top 
of the cost of that of solar and then finance that out. Once you've got you know all of the residual costs financed out over time, the monthly payment that you're that you're making for those systems that you now own um, is almost always less than what you're paying for your your monthly energy costs now. So when you step back and look at it, yeah, the price tag seems uh, seems overwhelming, but um, and when you get right into it, it actually um, can become a pretty good investment. You know, the other thing that's kind of a barrier too is what I call inertia with homeowners, and that's almost always with a with a heating system and a hot water um, a heater. They don't think about replacing it until it breaks down, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, when when your hot water heater breaks, you're not thinking about, well, you know, maybe this is a good time to convert it. You're only thinking about, I, I need hot water and I need it, um, you know, tomorrow morning. And so they're just swapping in whatever they, whatever exists in most cases. Um, and so a barrier to getting folks to do it is to think ahead and be proactive about um, converting these systems before they break and, and you're, you're sort of limited on, on what you can do. Not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, doing a conversion like this takes some planning, and it's not something that uh, you're going to be doing in an emergency um, situation. Right. And Dan, at the beginning, you you mentioned that there's an important part of of this conversion, which is then you know powering all of these uh, electrical appliances in the, in the home with renewable and, and sustainable energy sources uh, talk a little bit about how whole home electrification can be in- integrated with sustainable energy solutions like solar or wind power sure so there's there's kind of three routes that you can go here um, from our perspective the ideal solution is rooftop solar so if you've got the, the appetite to take on that project, um, we think it's really worthwhile because once you get a, a set of solar panels on your roof that are sized to provide all the energy you need for all those electric systems, um, then your uh, dependency on the utility in terms from a cost perspective really goes down to zero. Now, that doesn't mean that you are disconnected from the utility. You continue to have electricity from your utility provider available to you when you need it, right? Because the sun doesn't shine 24 hours a day. Um, So during the day when you're generating more energy than you need, uh, that excess energy goes back into the grid and your meter literally spins backwards. And then at night when, when the sun's down and you need some electricity, you pull that back. And so over time, you know, not every day is sunny. There's cloudy days and then there's a stretch of sunny days. But over over time, if you've sized that system right, it's, uh, you know, you end up with a zero electricity bill. So that's one option is rooftop solar. If you're not ready to, to tackle um, that, then you can go with a, a community solar program. So if you look at your electricity bill, there's actually two components. There is the supply costs, so you're being charged for the electricity you use, but you're also being charged for the delivery of that electricity. So if you've got National Grid or Eversource, those utilities are delivering energy to you. And in most cases, they're delivering energy that they've produced at their coal plant or or their gas burning plant. That supply piece of it, you can swap that out. So you, uh, with either community solar and then the third option, which I'll talk about a little bit as well, would be just um, retail renewable source energy. But the way community solar works is you subscribe to a solar farm 
Uh, you've seen those on, uh, you know, on the side of the road or whatever. And subscribing to a solar farm simply means that you are allocated the amount of energy that you typically use for the number of panels in that solar farm for you. And then that energy goes into the grid and then you use that amount of energy. And so the energy that you are taking out of the grid is offset by um, the panels that you've been allocated in that solar farm. That's a great solution too, because in Massachusetts, that's guaranteed discount of 10%. So you're still getting electricity from your utility that maybe you're happy with. They they always get it to you and they're really good when there's a storm putting the power lines back up, which they are, they're great, but you don't also have to use them for the supply. Um, the other choice there is uh, renewable. So again, you can swap out that national grid or Eversource supply with something from uh, another company. And there's there's lots of them out there that are generating electricity through renewable methods. So that would be hydro or wind and solar as well. And so again, um, you can simply shop for it, subscribe for it, purchase it rather. And then on your electricity bill, your supply is coming from um, a renewable source. Okay. So talk a little bit about the stages of, of a complete home energy transition. What are the steps? And then maybe Brett can chime in a little bit on, on his part of it, uh, which would be NETR, you know, installing heat pump systems for heating and cooling. Sure. The, the easiest and quickest place to start is putting in a smart thermostat, right? So um, again, through the incentives that are available, you can get a top of the line smart thermostat for really not much money. And what that will do is it will ensure that you're really only using energy uh, when you need it. That's a quick and easy place to start. The next thing to do is kind of a preliminary step is to get a home energy audit. Again, through that mass save program, um, that's a free service. Even the towns that uh, um, produce their own electricity, um, what we call a municipal light plant. And so the electricity is not coming from a mass save sponsor. That town is producing it. Every town that I know of that that does that provides a, a no cost home energy audit as well. So pretty much everybody in Massachusetts can get a free home energy audit. And what that does is it identifies places in the home where maybe you've got gaps or leaks and provides instruction for how to seal up those leaks and identifies where your insulation uh, needs to be improved and provides a report of, of what should be done there. And then once you have that that report, then obviously go ahead and get that work done. So have those gaps sealed, have your insulation um, optimized um, so that you are creating uh, what we call a, a tight building envelope, right? So you want to have, have it be as well insulated and uh, leak free as, as possible. That's an important step because as people do go down that road of whole home, you know, providing the heat in their home and hot water and stuff via, you know, an electric source, um, you know, to qualify for most of those rebates, you have to have had that audit done. But the thing that a lot of folks don't realize as well is typically the cost to execute what they may find so that, you know, maybe you live in a newer home and they come in and, and they find very little to do. Um, maybe you live in, in, in a more mature home and, and they find some areas to improve. That exterior envelope, you know, that air sealing is always is at no cost through Mass Save. Um, and then if they have suggestions for like insulation improvement and stuff, 
uh, the average is is seventy to eighty percent of that cost is actually absorbed as well. So I I recently uh, had a friend in Winthrop who had you know some questions about some of this, and he wasn't a good candidate for home electrification for a couple of reasons. But yeah, I was like, well, go go get uh, a home energy audit. And they came in and did some improvements to his home and it, it cost him very little money and his home's much more comfortable already, you know? So it's, mm. um, but that's a very important step, Dan. It, you're right, is to get that, get that done to prepare yourself for the next steps. So, Right. So what is the next step after you've done the, the home energy audit and then you've done the work to, to seal up your home and make it a little tighter? Sure. Then uh, next step would be to swap out those uh, combustion systems, either your gas or oil furnace with uh, with a heat pump, and then swap out that uh, inefficient electric tank heater or a gas water heater uh, with a heat pump system. And that, of course, is where our good friends at NETR come in. Right. So talk a little bit about that, Brett, and, and uh, you know what's involved in, in uh, converting a, a home completely over to uh, a heat pump system. Sure. So, so, you know, in an optimal situation, the uh, customers already had that home energy audit and they get a, essentially a certificate or a to-do list out of that. Let's call it that. You know, so certificate says you don't have to do anything. Mass saves, you know, giving you the thumbs up to, to do what you want to do next. So they, you know, that's one step. Or if you have certain uh, improvements that are required, uh, what they're going to want you to do is get those scheduled um, to go forward so you can maximize rebates and that sort of thing. So and that's that's when you then go get ourselves involved and we come in. You know, heating, there, there's a lot of things that it's about, but one of the most important things that it's about, probably the most important thing it's about is comfort. Okay, so if someone doesn't design your system right uh, by doing an actual heat load calculator um, broken down by room, you may have rooms that are hot or rooms that are cold and this and that. Um, so, so when you bring in a company, you know, like NETR, we come in, we, we perform a, you know, first thing we ask you is what are you trying to accomplish? Okay. So we kind of all get aligned on what the, the goal is here. Uh, then we go through and we design a system based on those goals. that's going to be properly sized. Uh, so your, your, your home is comfortable in the ways that you want, both in heating and in cooling, because, you know, with heat pumps, the beauty is you've got one system doing the thing that we used to do with two systems. We used to have a furnace and then an air conditioning condenser. Well, now you have one thing that's covering both of those bases. So we come in and do that design and then we move downstairs. Okay, what are we using for hot water? Okay, great. You have a gas hot water heater, you know, sounds sounds good. So we then uh, appropriately size a hot water heater for, for, again, for your home. How many bathrooms you know, how many people are currently living there? You could have seven bathrooms, but two people living there or two bathrooms and seven people living there. So we, we size that appropriately. And then the last thing that we're looking at with, in conjunction with that is what is the home's electrical service? So can it support all this electrification? You know, a modern building code is is typically for a single family home, 200 amp service. So that means that there's 200 amps available from the transformer on the street to your home through the meter and then down to a panel that can support that. You know, in New England, we have a lot of older homes. You know, we're a mature part of the nation. And years ago, the standard was 100 amps. And even years before that, in some cases, it was 60 amps. Um, so sometimes we have to, to work with the homeowner on upgrading that electrical infrastructure. And that doesn't mean ripping out all your wiring or something. It means potentially if you had a 100 amp service and your improvements uh, are going to outstrip that thing's capacity, upgrading the, what they call the service from the pole to your house down to a new meter to 200 amp service. And then typically 
uh, on the inside, that also requires a new uh, a breaker box so uh, that can handle that. So one nice thing about when you work with us is, is that's a turnkey solution for us. So we're going to do the HVAC design for you, you know, with our own in-house teams. Uh, we have our own in-house plumbing division. We're going to, you know, size and, and propose to you what you need for that heat pump hot water heater. And we have our own uh, team of electricians on staff that can do everything from some, the simple wiring that's needed for uh, the systems, but also we can handle and coordinate that, um, you know, that service upgrade. So bringing your, your home up to those modern standards, 200 amps, so you have plenty of power. Um, and the best part is the homeowner doesn't have to play project manager. Uh, that's all, you know, if they chose to do all those things with us, we're going to coordinate all those trades ourselves because it's all of our own team members. So Dan, do you see, uh, you know, any really exciting developments and innovations currently happening in the whole home electrification area? And, and, you know, where do you see things going in the future? Yeah. If you think about the technology, really the future of, of heat pump is, is now, you know, the, uh, capacity and the ability for for the systems to work in cold weather has been developed and so i think we really have uh, you know uh, our friends in scandinavia to thank a lot for that they're really on the leading edge of the adoption of heat pumps in their homes if you look at um, norway for example um, which is the leading country in the world in terms of per capita heat pump uh, usage more than 60% of the homes in, in Norway are, are using a heat pump, and that's, you know, that's going up every year. Um, they've uh, essentially eliminated fossil fuels from their country, and, and uh, um, everything is, is in the process of being transitioned over to heat pumps. And so, um, yep, we've got some challenging winters here in, the, in New England, but uh, I suggest Norway's kind of, kind of worse than us, mm-hmm. um, and they don't have any problem. The, uh, Brett can talk a little bit more about their technology, but the cold climate heat pumps are rated for um, down to negative 15 degrees Fahrenheit. And so it's more than, than good enough to, to get it done here. When we've had cold stretches, there's it's almost like a referendum for people to say, oh, you know, how'd that heat pump work for you? And I've actually read quite a bit of kind of like post-cold snap, post-mortem analysis of, on, on heat pumps. And you really get almost zero complaints that they that they couldn't keep up with it. So mm-hmm. um, uh, the technology is here now, and, and uh, there's no reason from a technology perspective not not to switch over to a, a clean heat pump. Yeah, you right. you bring up a great point on the uh, the cold climate heat pumps, um, and obviously this you know past winter here, what was it, the end of February, we had that that terrible cold snap weekend, you know, is the lowest temperatures it had been in Boston in what, 35 years, I think. Mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, in the HVAC business, you know, we, we, we fielded uh, a large number of emergency calls. I actually went back through them. I noticed it at the time. And then we went back and combed them. There was only one for a cold climate heat pump. And that was solved with a shovel um, because someone had not paid attention and had let, it, it was near a coastal area and they had let mm-hmm. a bunch of snow drift in there, which we put them up on stands. That's a, actually quite a, quite a rare problem. Um, but we had one on a true cold climate heat pump and our technician got right out there and, uh, basically, uh, busted out a shovel and, uh, and, and, uh, he helped them reboot the system and it, it did its job. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's, it's applying the right technology, uh, but again, that was the coldest 
coldest snap we've had in Boston in 35 years. And, uh, and, and so did we have calls on other heat pumps? Yes. Were they cold climate heat pumps? No, these were people who had put it in primarily for air conditioning and now we're looking to uh, maybe have it do something else or people who had perhaps purchased elsewhere and not necessarily known what they were purchasing. Um, so unfortunately some, sometimes like that were the bearer of bad tidings, but, um, yeah, they thought they thought it was going to provide heat all throughout the winter, and it wasn't. Well, yeah, and maybe who they worked with uh, wasn't doesn't do many heat pumps and didn't necessarily communicate it or understand it right. So, yeah, but uh, but I thought that was a great testament to cold climate heat pumps is, uh, um, you know, negative whatever it was thirteen or something like that on on the. Uh, uh, on the thermometer and then with wind chill, you know, negative 35 and 40. And mm. uh, uh, again, one call solved with a shovel. So I'll take that. Right. And all the other calls that you had were for, for people whose furnaces went out. Basically, yes. My boiler doesn't yeah. work. My furnace doesn't work. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Dan, how does Gridly uh, help with whole home electrification and home energy transitions? Yeah. So I think to understand um, Gridly is to is to maybe um, know our origin story a little bit, and then I'll sort of talk about um, uh, exactly what we do. So yeah. um, our founder, a guy named Bob Rosenfield, he at his home wanted to undertake this whole home conversion, wanted to have his house have a you know a, a net zero footprint, and so as he sort of dug into this process. He didn't have a time clock, but he figures he probably invested about 150 hours um, just doing the research on which systems are the right systems, who are the good installers, what type of uh, rooftop solar am I going to need, what are the incentives that are available, all of the stuff associated with this. He did all of this research and and sort of realized there was no kind of one-stop place that that had pulled all of this together. He was going on, you know, hundreds of different websites and, and to, to get this information. And so that was the light bulb moment, right? It's like, it's got to be easier than this. And so what Gridley does is it pulls all of those things that we've talked about um, together in, in one place, one repository for information and for uh, guidance in, on how to execute these projects. So the way Gridly works is you come to our, our, our site, put in your street address, we then go out and pull a bunch of uh, publicly available data through our, our, our data partners. And we then build a profile of your energy usage at your house. So we're getting things like um, square footage, age of your house, how many bedrooms. And then from that information, we run through a whole bunch of calculations and make some estimates of how much energy you're using. So we know who your utility providers are and whether you've got a gas furnace or an oil furnace. Um, uh, and we know what the current electric rates are. We know what the current gas and oil rates are. And so based on all of that, we um, estimate not only what your consumption is, but how much you're spending. And if it's if it's off a bit, then you can go ahead and, and adjust it so that, so that it's, um, it's more precise. From that, we build what we call an action plan. So we build a series of projects into one consolidated action plan to do that conversion. And it's essentially what we had talked about when you asked me the steps to do that conversion. That's what your action plan is. So get a smart thermostat, get that energy audit, uh, swap out your systems, and then repower your home you know, with either rooftop solar, community solar, or renewable retail. So that action plan explains the impact of each of those individual projects 
how much we estimate it will cost. And then we connect you with a vetted partner that can, can do that work for you. So in the case of rooftop solar, we've got um, partners that a Gridly user can connect with to go ahead and, and kind of fulfill the project that, that we've spec'd out for them. A couple of things that I'll say about that too. So we are not a, a lead generator. Uh, we're not a, a, a marketplace. If you are interested in, in my example there, rooftop solar, you pick the installer that you want to work with. And once you've selected that installer, that will be the only person that contacts you. So we're not selling your email out and you know, you're know you getting uh, phone calls every night at dinner from, from somebody trying to sell you on something. That's not how our systems work. The other thing that our action plan does is it looks at um, your house holistically. So I've kind of described it as a, a set of projects, but each of those projects impact each other, right? So if you're converting from uh, an oil burning furnace to electric, your oil usage is going to go to zero, but you're going to have more electricity to power that heat pump. When we size out um, the set of projects, we're sizing out the set of uh, solar panels or the amount of electricity that you're going to need from uh, a community solar provider based on a whole home conversion. So you swap out your gas or oil um, systems for electric, um, the electric goes up, but we've sized out the, your systems so that they match. One of the challenges that Bob had when he was doing this himself was he had the solar guy out to, to size his system. And Bob said, hey, you know, I'm planning to get rid of my, uh, my oil furnace for uh, a heat pump. How many more panels am I going to need for that? And the solar guy said, I don't know. Uh, that, that's not what I do. You you show me how much you need, and that's the that's the system that we're going to put up there. So again, there's a gap there in in the marketplace that um, there's there really isn't um, anybody doing a holistic view of your house to build a whole system. So in our plan, that's exactly how how we look at it. So then once we hand it off to a to a partner like NETR, they contact the homeowner. We give our partners. All of the data that we've already confirmed about the property with the homeowner, our partners love that because that gives them a, a running head start on what needs to be done with that customer, sets the right expectation with that homeowner. And then they run with it to confirm the precise sizing of the system needed, and then they get that done. Is there a cost to uh, homeowners for, for using Gridly? There is not. No, it's a free system. It's a, it's a free website. Um, there's no charge. Um, it's uh, www.gogridley.com is where you go. Yep. And it's available to, uh, to anybody with a single family house. So we're not yet doing condos or commercial buildings. We're really calibrated for single family homeowners. Brett, any, any final thoughts on uh, you know, working with Gridley and, uh, and, and your, your part in, in this uh, home energy transformation? Well, sure. We're we're really excited about it, and and we've enjoyed working with with Dan and his team. Um, you know, and for me, and Dan was just talking about their site uh, when we first met. We, you know, one of the first things I did was went to the site to say, well, okay, let, let me see what the customer experience is like here. And I found it to be, um, first of all, very easy to use, very user friendly. 
you know, second of all, I just found it to be tremendously informative as well. So, you know, if I did this, what's the outcome? What's the, you know, going from A to B? So I, I thought I, I congratulate you because I, I think that that site is uh, tremendously usable and tremendously educational. So um, I, I really encourage anyone to, uh, to check it out, use it. And you brought up, you know, the, the really the whole origins of it. And I mentioned it a little bit earlier from from our little part in this. The hardest thing for homeowners who want to go on some of this journey is how the heck do I do it? What product do I use? Who do I work with? Well, and then, you know, let's say you're a pretty talented person and you say, okay, I've, I know I've got to upgrade my electric. I know I want to go with XYZ heat pump. I know I want to go with PDQ uh, heat pump hot water heater. Well, now I got to find an electrician and I got to coordinate with a plumber for that. And I got to coordinate with an HVAC company for that. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, unless you happen to be in certain trades or construction, you probably don't know any of those people. Right. right. And uh, so, so I think it's tremendous that, that Gridley not only helps you with all that, with all the stuff about making your selections, but then literally immediately puts you in contact or gives you the option to be in contact with people who can do all of that. Um, and then folks like us take over and we become your your contractor for the project, you know, so you don't have to figure out how the electrician works with the plumber works with the HVAC guy. Um, you know, if you choose, you know, if we're fortunate enough for you to choose to work with us, that's that's all our problem because internally we're all of that. Um, but also even working with, you know, in conjunction with the uh, the solar companies and stuff, that's something we do very regularly now. So if we're if we're trying to uh, coordinate trades, we're you know, that's what we do. And it's no longer the customer's problem. It's no longer the homeowner's problem. Give it to the right people that do this every day. So, right. I'm a homeowner. Yeah. I'm not a contractor. Let, let's, let, I need a contractor to, to deal with all these different people. Yeah. I, I mean, most people, I mean, I, I say this uh, in our office on, on a regular basis when we're talking about it, it could be anything that we do, quite frankly. I'm like, you got to remember, because a lot of times we, we're talking about it and it's all very simple to us. And I'm like, we do this all day, every day for, you know, in NETR's case, 34 years, you know, most other people are doing this once in their life this time, you know, <laughs> so they, uh, so, you know, never underestimate how challenging it is for someone who's, you know, very skilled in a different area, but they're not a construction manager, you know, so. Yeah. Right. So Brett, I'm, I'm really glad you, you mentioned that last piece because I, I, I think, you know, I was sort of a rush to the end about getting the systems put in place. I may have, uh, you know, underplayed a little bit, a big component of the Gridley platform, which is the information piece, which you were talking about. So, mm -hmm. so I mentioned briefly at the, the top that um, we figure it's probably about 150 hours worth of research that somebody may do to understand the incentives and understand the equipment and all that stuff. And so one of the things that Gridley does really well is spell all of that stuff out. I talked a little bit about the tax credits and, and, and the rebates, but I really just sort of scratched the surface that there's a lot out there. It can be complicated, but it doesn't have to be. And so we try to make all of that information available in one place, boiled down and uh, simple for the homeowner to help them make the decision about then executing on those uh, equipment installations. Well said. Well, that's really great information. Dan, thanks again for speaking with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And again, www.gogridley.com. Check it out. 
All right. And uh, Brett, as always, nice to speak with you today as well. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And for more information, you can visit the NETR website at netrinc.com or call 781-933-NETR. That's 781-933-6387. Thank you.